he is a man on a mission. With a mandate to raise generational leaders. Called to set in order the things that are out of order. And to bring leadership development, human capacity building, and wealth creation to all. Welcome to Maximizing Destiny with Dr. Michael Hutton Wood from the House of Judah, the Leadership Factory, raising generational leaders, impacting the nations. And now, here is Dr. Michael Hutton Wood. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lunch Hour with High Achievers this Saturday afternoon. Glory to God, glory to God. I trust all is well with everyone on this platform. And thank God that we slept and we are woke because the Lord sustained us. We are grateful and we are thankful for a great, such a great day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. I trust all is well with everybody. You are all welcome on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Facebook. My goodness, we're going to have an awesome session. My twin brother in ministry, Bishop Gideon Fair, all the way from Ghana, West Africa, is with us today. My goodness, you don't want to watch this program alone. You want to ensure that you invite your friends, your relatives, even invite your enemies to come to hear what is on this platform and they will leave you alone and focus on accomplishing their vision in life. Glory to God. It's going to be awesome. As usual, please start sharing, 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 share and invite as many people that you know to join us today on this platform. It's going to be very, very awesome. Miriam, you're welcome. Agnes, you're welcome. David Agbo, glory to God as bishops, one of bishops, right hand men. Glory to God. He says, I can't wait. Abby Belland, you are welcome. Mama B, you are welcome as usual. Pastor Johnson, you are welcome. Pastor Michael Jr., you are welcome. Agnes, you are welcome. You don't want to watch this alone, ladies and gentlemen. Start sharing, start sharing, start sharing, and invite as many people that you know. Tell somebody, tag somebody, and share this on your timeline. The three T's, tag somebody, share this on your timeline, and tell somebody. Wake somebody up of their sleep and tell them they need to be and come here and be empowered. So you are all welcome. Let me welcome my guest. Bishop Gideon Titi Affair. My twin brother, you are welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, my twin brother. The, <laughs> one and, the one and only bishop, the happy bishop. I'm excited <laughs> to be on this program. I'm honored to be part of this great work that you are doing. You are touching many lives. You are renewing many minds. And you are transforming many lives. And I'm so proud of you for what you and your wife are doing around the world. Awesome. Awesome. We are so grateful and honored. We know you carry a very busy schedule. So for you to even carve out time for us is greatly, greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated. Our love to mama and the kids. <laughs> Glory to God. So I, 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 
Ice Ladies Bennies and uh, the rest of the family doing? They are all doing great. They are on the platform as well with us. <laughs> they are on the platform Amazing. with us. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Bishop Gideon. Bishop Gideon, we want to allow you to just give us a brief summary of how you began. God is using you to do tremendous. Every time we come to Ghana, we are so inspired by the work that you are doing. And we all, we never, we never return back from Ghana the same way, like Albert Einstein said, <laughs> a mind, a mind that is transformed never returns back to its original size. Every time we come to Ghana, come to your campus, um, and the things that you're doing, we are just amazed by what God is doing to you. So, in such, we are so grateful to God for your life. Could you tell our viewers, this just a brief summary on, of your history, how you began, and how you got to where you are, how God brought you to where you are. Because we know from what you've told us, you were raised by a, a, a minister, um, a beggar's son, and eventually ended up in a, an uncompleted building. And now you own properties on the Spring Tax Road, and God is doing great. So yes, in order to encourage our members to know that no matter where they are in life, if they will follow the principles and have a relationship with Jesus Christ, follow the principles, they will become everything that God has called them to be. So, just encourage our viewers right now, just let them know how you began and how you got to where you are briefly, and then we shall carry on from there. Well, it's always difficult to summarize who I am, because yes. um, God doesn't summarize our stories. He ensures that we go the long haul, hmm. he ensures that we go through the processes, and ensures that before we become a product, we are well grilled. We, we've gone through the potter's wheel to be formed. It's always difficult to summarize, but I'm going to try. Since you are the senior of the team brothers, uh, I'm going to try to obey your commands to summarize. Um, but like, like you know, I came from a very uh, poor background. My father was one of the most outstanding men I ever met in my life. He was a great lover of Christ. Um, started life as a teacher, ended up as a, a minister of the Methodist Church. He actually taught me the rudiment of ministry. He will consistently hold discussions with me about church, church administration, etc., etc. During his time in ministry, um, he was implicated um, and went into prison and when he came back, he actually won his appeal. He appealed against the sentence and won his appeal. But he, when he came back, he didn't want to go back into ministry. So he went back to what he used to do at first. He went back to teaching. He taught at Takwa Secondary School, at this other college, etc., etc. It was at Takwa Secondary School that he was doing a teaching on the story of Gideon. And my mother conceived me. And so he told my mother, if this baby comes out as a boy, we're going to name him Gideon. Mm. During the compulsory retirement regime, he was compulsorily retired and so was not really ready for life after working. This meant that our family was large, seven, uh, nine in number, himself, my mother, and my other siblings, my other six siblings. So we're nine in number. At, at that time, um, he could have 
He could have decided, well, I've worked all my life to take care of you. Now, some of you should stop school and uh, start working or start doing something. I, when my father died, I was 18 years old. And I always ask myself, why didn't ever he ever ask me to do some menial jobs after school? Mm-hmm. He made sure all his children were in school. That's why the father, he didn't have the money. And so he made sure all his children um, are fed. That's why the father, he didn't have the money. And so he has to now resort to begging, begging. He was too old to be employed by anybody, even though he had the skills. And so the only option for him at the time was for him to be on the street and beg to raise us. That sense of responsibility my father has beaten is what basically has shaped my philosophy of parenting, my philosophy of work, my philosophy of supply, my philosophy of almost everything that I have to I have to do to ensure that my family survives and whatever I do becomes successful. Mm-hmm. So I came out as a beggar's son. Um growing up in a community um who who knows you are a beggar's son. Many people knew I was a beggar's son. I do have very underprivileged. People mocked me. I lost my self-confidence. I lost, um, had hatred for the church because my father told me how he was set up in the church. And so I had a bit of hatred for the church. Mm-hmm. I had bitterness against people for not having a bit of sympathy for a situation, but would make mockery of my father, myself, and my siblings. Etc. Etc. Until my sister came from secondary school, she was in a boarding house, and I had a visit by a group of young people um, who had a fellowship in somewhere in Accra, here in Ghana, and they had led her to Christ, and they have invited her for a fellowship. And so when she came back home, she wanted me to join her for the fellowship. I went with her at the age of fourteen and got born again. From that time, these group of people became a shield for me, more or less like they covered my nakedness. Mm-hmm. I, they showed me love. They showed me respect. They, they gave me title. They started calling me Brother Gideon. And I love that one. I love that one. And, uh, you know, the love, the respect, the value they gave me. So um, then I felt that my family shouldn't continue to be in poverty. I spent five years praying two hours every day for deliverance from poverty. Well, of course, God answers prayer by in his own time and in his own way. Hmm. So in God's own way, um, I became a pastor at a very tender age of 22, married at 24, uh, moved to Spinters Road here after 10 years in ministry with my wife to start a church came to live in an uncompleted building after a short study in Europe. Uncompleted building, no water, no electricity, no toilet facility. One day, I had an encounter with Jesus when I was on a retreat. And Jesus said, you don't have to perpetuate the poverty of your father. I have given you the abilities to produce wealth. I said, Lord, what kind of abilities have you given me? He said, remember Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 8.18 that I, I am I give you the uh, power to produce wealth. Remember the Lord I God, for it is He who gives you the power to produce wealth. So He said, uh, uh, that power there means ability. 
And he has given me three abilities. The ability to speak, the ability to write, and the ability to think. He said thinking is using your mind to solve problems. Worrying is using your mind to magnify problems. He said to me, if you use your mind to solve problems, people will reward you for solving the problems you become rich. And he said, consultants think for those who worry and mm-hmm. charges them for worrying. So I decided to take advantage of these three gifts God has given me. I believe to write, started writing books. The ability to speak, started developing my public speaking abilities. And I have made money, made money just speaking, just speaking on different platforms and different uh, occasions. So I used my mind to create a solution to corporate executives called the Accra Business School. So we started the Accra Business School. It's, it's me thinking for, for people. And Accra Business School has become one of the biggest business schools um, um, in the country. I mean, we, I think in the private business school, we, at the graduate level, we actually enrolled the biggest, um, at the graduate level for the private business schools in Ghana here. Um, but the special grace of God, I run one of the finest and the most pleasant church. Um, on the Splinters Road, we recently moved into a new facility called the Christ Square. And I'm married to the first woman God created after you, after Eve, um, Olivia, whom I married when she was 22 and I was 24. And, uh, she's been an amazing woman in ministry. We have four children. My first son, Kevin, is now a pastor, uh, with us. The others are still in school. And so it's been an amazing journey, been an amazing journey. God, the Lord told me, um, remember Deuteronomy 1 from the verse 30 to the verse 33. He said, I went ahead of you and prepared a, pre- a place for you where you will pitch your tent. So he told me, this printer's road, I brought you here. I came here to, to prepare places for you where you will pitch your tent. So we keep buying uh, our neighbors out. And I'm, I'm sure that very soon we're going to have a whole city, a whole city. A whole, if it's not already a city, we're going to have a whole city. We're going to, so we have earmarked place, places we want to buy. And we're going to convert the community into a university community and into a church community. And so it's exciting. It's so exciting. God has been gracious to us. Wow. 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 Sandy Fraser, you're welcome. KJ Sparkles, you're welcome. Sandra1689, you are welcome. Karen Davis. You are welcome. God richly bless you. Paula, you're welcome. James Hawkins, you are welcome. God richly bless every one of you. Keep sharing, keep sharing, keep sharing. Tell somebody, talk somebody, share this on your timeline. You are all welcome on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. My guest today is my twin brother in ministry, Bishop Gideon Titi Offer. Barack, Barack, you are welcome. You just ate Bishop's history. <laughs> he just summarized it <laughs> for the sake of every one of us on this platform. But you can tell where he began and where God has taken him and where God is taking him. When you have an opportunity to visit Ghana, everyone on this platform, make sure you make uh, uh, set your notification and visit the pleasant place. It's, it's an awesome place. But before you do, we want to also let you know some of the things that he's doing online so you can tap into the wisdom and the graces that he works in. Now, I came across a, a, a clip um, today. I, I've heard about it, but 
I just, uh, Abena, you're welcome. Emmanuel Blay, you're welcome. Now, is it possible um, for most Christians tithe, most Christians give, go to church, serve God, preach, speak in tongues, everything, but most Christians tithe and they say, I'm tithing, but I'm still poor. Once I'm tithing, going to church, let's, we'll come to those who don't tithe, who can tithe, but don't tithe. We'll come to them in a minute. But those who say I'm tithing, I'm serving God, I go to church, I'm born again, another. So why am I tithing and why am I still poor? Could you explain to our viewers that aspect about you can be a tither, you can be a giver and still be poor because of certain ingredients and certain principles that you are not following besides prayer, besides church attendance and besides going to church? If you can, you can explain that to our viewers. Okay, so let's let, let's look at it this way. You have a covenant of prosperity with God, yeah. mm-hmm. and your the tithe is signature to that, to that covenant of prosperity. Yeah, I university here have had a number of MOAs signed with a number of top universities in the UK. Mm-hmm. The MOA we have signed only allows us access to the content of the MOA, but we have to make use of it. Mm-hmm. We have to take it and use it. Your tithe is a signature to the covenant of prosperity that you have with God. When you tithe, he rebukes the devourer for your sake. What that means is that you already have something that the devourer wants to devour. And God rebukes the devourer for your sake. But if you have nothing, tithe doesn't, tithe doesn't create jobs. That's right. Tithe right now Tithe rather enables the job you have created to prosper and to move on. Tithe opens the floodgates of heaven so God will pour forth a blessing upon you. But that blessing is poured upon the works of your hands. That's right. So if you tithe and you are lazy, if you tithe and you fall, because I have tithed, I have given tithe, I can now relax and see God blessing me. Mm-hmm. So tithe is a means to an end. Yeah. And once you are a tither, you are given advantage in life in terms of the application of biblical principles for prosperity. So tithe get advantage. It is like God tithe puts you in a pole position. Mm-hmm. What it means is that when you are tighter, what others do in ten others do in ten years to prosper. You may do it one year and you will prosper. That's right. There must be a doing for the blessings of Titan to manifest itself. Mm-hmm. So I believe that believers must tithe, but tithe is not a substitute for hard work. Tithe right. is not a substitute for resp- um, responsibilities. Tithe is not a tithe actually provides protection for what you are already doing. Mm-hmm. Which is very important. It protects your health, but it doesn't mean that you should drink Coca Cola and eat carbohydrates at 10 p.m. in the night and go to sleep and mm-hmm. think that your tithe will prevent you from getting diabetes. No. So, tithe only gives you added advantage in the pursuit of prosperity. Tithe opens the floodgates of heaven. For God to pour you down a blessing. That blessing is rain. 
but rain must have a seed on the ground already planted for the rain to make meaningful contribution to your life. So the works of your hands receive the blessings from God when you tithe. But if there are no the works of your hands, you are lazy, the blessings will not mean anything at all. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe that you are getting this because sometimes there's too much complaint within the body of Christ. I'm tithing, <laughs> I'm giving, I go to church, but I can't see the prosperity, you know, I can't see so you've just heard I have discovered there are twenty one practical benefits of tithing and giving. Practical twenty one practical benefits and like Bishop said, you need to be doing something with your hands. You need to be planning, you need to be thinking, you need to be working, you need to be working smart. There are practical things. Bishop has been tithing for many years, but there are practical things he does. He works very hard, works very smart, he thinks, he does not worry. Worrying is using your mind to magnify problems. Thinking is using the same mind to solve problems. He's a problem solver. He's a value adder in addition to the tithing. So ladies and gentlemen, just in case there's anyone on the platform, anybody you know says, I'm tithing, I'm going to church, I'm the one who opens the door, I'm the one who closes the door, and yet things are not going well financially for me. Tithing alone is not enough. The heavens are open, God pours you out divine ideas, innovation, creativity. You need to get all those things in place. Juggles are juggling. Many things you need to put together to become everything that God has called you to be. Ecom, God bless you from Pleasant Place Church, UK. Ecom, you are welcome. Dorinda Nelson from the USA, my wife's cousin, God bless you. Magnus, you are welcome. Ralph Mahoney, you are welcome. God bless you. Emmanuel Blake, you are welcome. Now, let's, let's finish on this talk, talk, uh, speak, uh, discussion on tithing. Some of us are accused over the years, we talk about money too much, we talk about, we say tithe and then give and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. But we have discovered, you know, tithing, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism, those are the basic, basic doctrines. Now, let me ask you this question. Um, how faithful or committed would you describe a Christian who is a member of your church or my church or any church? Who says they are committed to our church, committed to God, committed to Jesus, committed to our ministry, and they earn salaries but refuse to tithe or are deliberate and don't tithe? How committed would you say they are to our ministry, considering the fact that Jesus said, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is? Would you describe such a person, such a Christian, in any church who earns resources, has been blessed by the ministry, has been taught by the ministry, taught by the pastor, taught by the church, earns good salary but just doesn't tithe or refuses to tithe or gives excuses for not tithing. How committed would you say this person is to God, is to Jesus, is to the church that is pastoring them? How committed would you say, how faithful would you say they are? And how loving would you say they are of God and of the church and the ministry that is helping them become? Okay, so there are three S's. There are three Access with which I measure people in church. Right. Um, number one, number one is sacrifice. Is sacrifice yeah. paying the price for the price of others. People who who ensure that they are not in the church to do convenient things, but yeah. they are in the church, and even if the things are inconveniencing them, 
they still do it. Mm-hmm. You want to see people who are sacrificing their time, who are sacrificing their energy, who are sacrificing their resources to push the vision of the church. Yeah. And that sacrifice includes Titan. Mm-hmm. But if you, there is no sacrifice that you can put in place as a substitute to your tithe. Mm-hmm. So the first is um, sacrifice. The second is service. The second is service. Mm-hmm. I have served my life. I've served myself into greatness. Because Jesus says, Jesus said, if, if anyone wants to be great amongst you, he must serve. I understood that thing right from the beginning when I got born again. Yeah. And I've committed myself to serve. You cannot tell me you are a committed member of the church when you don't belong to any department. Mm. And that's nothing. Serving, serving in church is not you doing anything for the pastor. In fact, you should be thanking the pastor. You should be thanking the pastor that he has created a platform where you can serve God. That's right. So if you come to Pleasant Place Church and you are singing in the choir, and you think, I owe you gratitude, then you don't have understanding. Yeah. You rather owe me gratitude. If there should be any um, appreciation to be given, you should be appreciating me because I came to Spinters Road to set up a church, and on the basis of that, you have gotten the opportunity to serve God. Mm-hmm. In the church, you are not serving me. You are serving God for your own blessings and for your own greatness. Mm-hmm. But there are three groups of people who serve in church. The bad servants. For them, everything they do, they will grumble. Everything they do, they will set confusion. You would rather prefer that they don't render any service at all. They should just be the ordinary members of the church. That's right. And then they are also good servants. Now, good servants are only good because everything else in the church is good. The pastor is good to them. They love the atmosphere of the church. Nobody has offended them. The condition for service is good. But that is better than being bad, a bad servant. Mm. And then the third is faithful servant. You see, with a good servant, with a good servant, immediately the pastor offends him. He feels, he begins to count the cost. I've been good since I came to this church. I have done this, and now look at how I'm being paid. Then they immediately shift into being a bad servant. So there's a thin line between a good servant and a bad servant. Mm-hmm. The third type of people who serve in church are the faithful servants. For faithful servants, it does not matter whether the conditions of service is good or not, whether they are offended by the pastor or not, whether the church recognizes them or not, for them, for them, they have understood that Jesus says that if you want to be great, anyone who wants to be great, myself. For the faithful servants, understanding is that the pastor has created an opportunity for me and a platform for me to serve the Lord. And that one alone is enough for me to do everything. Mm-hmm. It is faithful servants who really are blessed. Yeah. Between you and God, God cannot be wrong. So if the Bible gives you a certain promise that serve and become great, and you are serving and you are not becoming great, 
Go back home, stand in the mirror, look at yourself critically. Examine yourself and see whether you are serving faithfully or not. Yeah. That will give you an answer. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Powerful. 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 The bad servant, the good servant, and faithful servant. We must all aim at becoming faithful servants, not just good servants in the church. Definitely not bad servants. And remember what Bishop said, it is an honor and a privilege to be given an opportunity to serve in the house of God. So ladies and gentlemen, whichever church you belong to, like we said, this platform is a platform for education, for impartation, for instruction, for doctrine, for correction, in righteousness, for us to become everything that God has called us to be, to be wholesome, to be the whole, to become the whole person that God has called us to be, to serve our My dear brother. Go ahead. In fact, let me add two more types of servants. In fact, if, Go ahead. if you really study the parables of Jesus on the, on the talent, talent, on the talent. Yes. He talks about actually five different servants. Mm. The other two are the lazy servant. Right. The lazy servant is that person who, who occupies position but does not deliver anything. Mm. Does not give any work. That's right. There are many people who come to our churches. There are even pastors mm. that you give responsibilities to mm. who will never work hard. Yeah. You can't be lazy and be a leader in the church or be uh, a liberal in the church. Mm-hmm. You can't be lazy. There can never be that attitude for you to succeed. Mm-hmm. One thing having in mind, and I've had in mind, and God told me, he said, if you work for me, I will work for you. Mm-hmm. So, when you are given the opportunity to serve, you are working for God, for God to work for you. Yeah. The fifth type of servant is the wicked servant. Mm. As for the wicked servant, Satan has entered into them. <laughs> and they are pretending to be serving, but they are actually pulling things down. Mm. They are I not pillars talk. in the church. Mm. They are not pillars in the church. They are caterpillars. Wow. Bulldozing wow. the pillars of the church down. I have seen people who pastors have trusted and given responsibilities to, they ended up hurting these pastors, running the church down, and their aim was to ensure that the church collapses. Mm. These are wicked people. Listen, the relationship between a church member and a pastor, is not a relationship between two saints. Your pastor has never promised that he's a saint. Yeah. So you you by all means be wounded by the pastor. You by all means be offended by one or two of the decisions that the pastor makes. There will be commissions and omissions that will offend you. But hey, if you don't know how to bandage your wounds, mm. people will cause this to fester and you will become bitter. I have served and uh, very difficult pastors. Some helped me, some hurt me. Yeah. Both the hurting and the helping made me better. Absolutely. Usually for many people, for many people, the helping made them better, the hurting made them bitter. And <laughs> the bitter rots off, the bitter rots off the, the better, the better. And yeah. so they end up being bitter. Mm-hmm. But for me, 
your bastard's weakness is the reason why God put you under him, so that you can become a strength in that area. Absolutely. But it is rather that weakness that actually pushes people away. Mm. That is a wrong attitude. Absolutely. Wow. I believe that you are being blessed and being empowered and transformation is taking place. I told you that on, in this session, your mind, after the things you hear on this, on this particular session, your mind can never return back to its original size and the things that you do can never ever remain the same again. Mommy T, love, you're welcome. Uncle Tetehe, texting, you're welcome. Cynthia Hines, watching all the way from Connecticut. Very faithful, been joining our program. I think it's five hours behind. It's about 7.32 there, and she's been following us, joining our programs every week. God bless you, Cynthia Hines. Emmanuel Blair, you are welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to uh, press the clap icon, the amen icon, and the thumbs up icon. And the fire icon as we welcome Lady Olivia Titi Offer, the wife of Bishop Gideon Titi Offer, is online with us. Lady Olivia is online. Press that club icon on Facebook and let's welcome Mama Olivia. She's joined us this afternoon. Mama Olivia, God bless you. Thank you very much for joining us today. God the, first, the first woman God created us by the first woman God created after Eve, and then after he created Eve, he created my wife. <laughs> According to Bishop Gideon. <laughs> Glory to God. Bishop Gideon, let me ask you this question. I've been meaning to ask you this question. You are, I have the privilege of being called your twin brother. Now, you are the one who initiated that statement and that phrase, my twin brother. What on earth made you decide <laughs> this man is my twin brother? Where where did this come from? I don't think I've asked you that over the past uh, 13 years or how many years we've known each other, but you are the one who, from the, from the first day we met, you started calling me my twin brother. What on earth? What, what, what brought this about? What is it that came, brought this about? <laughs> when, when The first time I heard you preach in our church, it was like, it was like, you know, at that time there were no Facebook and things where yeah. you would say, oh, somebody has heard your message and is preaching some. No, no, no. We, 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 that was a, I mean, we, immediately we met casually, I put it in my pulpit. And hearing you speak, it was like me talking. Hmm. And I'm like, so how can, how can two pastors preach the same, preach the same way? And then I got closer to you, look at the way you relate with your wife and relate with your children. And I said, this man is just like me. Well, I think that we came from the same womb, just that we were adopted by two different women, two <laughs> different mothers, That's two right. different distance. Yeah. So I said, no, this is my twin brother. I, I think you're a fantastic person. I think when I, I, I look at you, you are just like a version of myself. Mm. <laughs> wow, I, I had a, I had an inclination, I had an idea of that, but it was good. It's good to hear him from your lips. I believe some of your leaders, some of your leaders at that time asked you, the two of you, where did you meet? And how come you sound so? That's right. That's right. That's right. They said, you, the, the man is just precious like you, just like you, just like you. How? 
<laughs> we give glory to God. We give glory to God. It's such a, it's such an honor to have you as a twin brother. Your, 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 your impact in my life and my ministry has never remained the same. And I'm so grateful to God, my wife and I, and our family are so grateful to God for your life and Mama Olivia and your children. Great grace and we decree the best, the best of both of us is coming in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Be constant. You're welcome. Joshua Sum, you are welcome. Abner Chama, you're welcome. Nanapoku, you are welcome. Now, I'm going to be starting a series very soon from a message I I heard you preach years ago. I'm teaching on the Joseph ministry, teaching on discipleship at the moment. And I believe there was a time when you mentioned, you preached on the difference between members and ministers. I'm doing a series on the difference between members and the mature, the difference between members and, and Joseph's, the Joseph ministry, the difference between members and disciples. Now, you can be a member of a church, but being a member of a church is not enough. You need to graduate from being a member into a disciple, into a follower, into a son, into a minister, not in title, but in function. So briefly, within a, I know you gave about 10 or 15, which I've amplified to about, I think I've had about, I've about 30 differences between a member and a disciple and a minister. Could you briefly give us a few examples? Come people become members of a church and just want to stay as members, like you described about the five kinds of servants in the church. They just stay as members, don't progress beyond that. So somebody watching on this platform probably is just a member of either your church or my church or any other church. How do you differentiate between somebody who is just a member and somebody who becomes a minister? Not in title. We are not looking at title. We are looking at in function. You can be a member and remain a member for life. But are you? Are people supposed to remain just members within a church? Or are they supposed to graduate from being just members, babies in a church to something greater than just being members of a church? Okay, so I'm working on a new... Um, project, a sermon called the um, the divine clock in your relationship with Christ. Right. How many years? Well, it's seven. It's a seven year cycle. Mm-hmm. Cycle, and I believe that by the seventh year, as a believer, you should either be pastoring the branch of your church as a bivocational pastor, mm-hmm. or you should be holding a very important position, making huge contribution to your church. Now, but let me look at this thing that you are talking about, the difference between a, a minister and a member. Mm-hmm. I think that the first one, which is very fundamental, is that for a member, a member wants his or her name in the church's membership book. That's right. Yeah. But a minister wants his or her name in the Lamb's book of life. That's right. So there are two books, the book of life, which should be opened on the judgment day. That's right. And the church membership book. Mm-hmm. So people come, the, the, for, for members, they come to the church, they are happy, they have friends, and I'm a member of this church. My mother dies, you guys are coming for funeral. My, I'm in trouble, uh, the social welfare, people are helping me. I am sick, I'm visited, I'm that, you know, I'm a member of this church, I'm a member of this church, and my name is in the book, uh, uh, the membership book. But for the minister, the ultimate purpose of the minister being in church is to make his name in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
So, so his focus there is not even the pastor. It's not what somebody is saying. The mm-hmm. focus there is Christ. Looking unto Christ, the finisher and the perfect, uh, the author and the finisher of his faith. He's just looking unto Christ. Nobody has a minister. Mm-hmm. Nobody has a minister. But if I follow your offense, I may have, have bitterness in me and I'll miss heaven. That's right. Any sacrifice a minister will make to have his name written in the land book of life, including walking in holiness and in purity, pam, the minister will do it. Mm-hmm. The minister will ask God, what would thou have me do? Yeah. The member will, have, will ask God mm-hmm. to do something for him. Yes. Mm-hmm. When a minister is praying, he's asking God, Father, help me to, be, to develop hunger for your word. Help me to live in holiness. Help me to serve you. Help me to be efficient and effective in this church. So a minister is always asking God something to do for God. Whilst a member is asking God to do something for him. That's right. Or her. Mm-hmm. So when, when that thing doesn't happen, the member is offended. That God has disappointed him or her. But for a minister, his focus is not what God can do for him, but what he or she can do for God. A a minister is a disciple. A member is a a Christian. You see, Jesus never used the term Christian. Jesus used the term disciple. Yeah, that's right. He called disciples. He did not call Christians. Mm-hmm. When we go to heaven, when we get to heaven, the word Christian will be alien. alien. Yeah. It's the word disciple that we will know in heaven. Because that's what Jesus talk about, talked about. So a disciple is someone who is ready to carry his cross. He's ready to die for Jesus. And nothing in that church inconveniences him. Because what you are ready to die for, you should be, it should be easier for you to live for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for a member, for a, a member, a member is a Christian, and a Christian is somebody who goes to church. A Christian is somebody who is in church but not in Christ. Mm-hmm. A member <coughs> is in Christ, yeah. and you can see that. A, a, a member wants to be visited, but a minister visits people. Absolutely. I, I got born again and nobody visited me. Throughout yeah. my whole, my, my pastor never visited If anybody visited me, a group of friends we are formed in the church, we visit each other. But apart from that, there was no single, I don't remember in my Christian upbringing and that I ever had a pastor who took personal interest in me. I was 14 years when I, was, I got born again. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who would bother himself about a 14 year old boy? Yeah. But I go to church, listen to the sermon, and build my life on what my pastor preached. Because I've always had in mind, being a minister is better than being a member. So there are a few things about the difference between a minister and a member. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) he's laid a foundation for what I'm going to be teaching. At least you've heard some of it right here. A member wants their name to be written in the membership book. A, a, a minister or a mature person wants their name written in the book of life. So 
Watch out for that series that will be coming up in our churches, uh, in, in our church very soon. A Christian is in church but not in Christ. A minister is in Christ. Because we discovered there are so many people who are remaining just babies in Christ. No wonder Paul said, when the time has come for you to be teachers, you still have the need to be taught the basic doctrines. One of the basic doctrines, water baptism, tithe and offering, Holy Ghost baptism. Those are basic doctrines, basic doctrines. So ladies and gentlemen, I believe that you have been empowered to change levels, to change levels and to become everything that God has called us to be. In every seed is a forest, and in every follower is a leader. Leaders are not born, but Leaders Are Raised is an insightful book by one of the leading authorities on leadership, Bishop Dr. Michael Huttonwood. People are not disadvantaged, they are just ignorant. Shows you some of the steps and qualitative processes involved in how leaders evolve through nurture and development. Leaders are not born. Millionaires are not born. Wealthy people are not born. They are made. You become what you want to be by the choices you make in life. You are not born rich. I mean, from your mother's womb, on your face, rich. System, rich. You may have been born to rich parents, but you were not born rich on your face. You became rich by things you did, or became poor by the things you did or did not do. You see, it's all about choices. Live here and start making some changes. What kind of future do you see? Paint your pictures from the scriptures. Pick your future. What kind of business do you want? Ordinary business, like everybody else, or the one that people travel far and near to look for. Leaders are not born, but leaders are raised in an insightful book by Bishop Dr. Michael Huttonwood. Available in paperback and on Kindle. Please call 0208-689-6010 or visit www.houseofjudah.org.uk and order your copy today.